Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Ayumi, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Jennifer. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Sure. So let's get started. Um, Can you share with us a little bit about your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Oh, gee, yes. Um, Well, it was very... I work today in technology, but um, I started uh, when I was in university studying arts. So uh, I grew up in South Africa, um, in Johannesburg. That's where I followed Mm -hmm. university. And I did a fine arts degree when I went out of school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was good in art, so I thought that would be something good for me. And all I wanted to do was travel afterwards. So for three years, uh, I worked for Club Med when I finished university. And so I, I was lucky enough to go and, and you know, and, and work one year in Tahiti and then um, come to Europe for a year, then go to the north of Morocco, um, north of Africa, then go back to Brazil until I, I finally decided to, to quit Club Med and, and start over again. And then I went into hotel business. I worked in the hotel business and casinos for about 10 years after that. And then at some point, I became the marketing director of this big group, French group of casinos and hotels. Um, and then I started telling myself, but what am, what am I doing this for? You know, what's the purpose of it? I wake up every day and I put all my creativity into trying to find um, different ways to make people gamble more. And I didn't mm-hmm. find that was very satisfactory on my side. And I think, God, how can I, what do I really want in life? Is this what I want? What would I like to do? So I wanted to get back to something creative. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be able to, you know, be able to work from anywhere in the world, um, whether at home or, or traveling, because that's what I love to do with two children um, at the mm-hmm. time. So I decided to, to, to quit my job and I started taking coding classes. And I learned how to make websites. Um, at the time, it was in 20, 2008, so there was still like CD-ROMs. And then I would take classes at night, and I would learn how to code. And then um, quite quickly, I became to uh, I learned how to make websites, um, small apps, and it was the beginning of social media as well uh, for business. And that's how I started becoming a freelancer. And then I I made up my first um, company, Social Brain. And yeah, and that's how I got into into the digital world. And then ten years later, I or a couple of years later, I I founded this nonprofit organization called Women in Tech to be able to get more women in technology. Because in fact, for the past twenty of no forty years, four decades, the gender gap in technology has been getting wider and wider. Um, so I wanted to do something for the world, something you know, to leave a footprint on on. On, on gender parity, um, and that's my way of doing it. Wow, that is just fascinating how, you know, from travel, actually I was very jealous of all the places you've been because that's amazing. I, I love to travel and just 
you know, one day we'll make time to do it more. So I really commend uh, commend you for doing that. Um, and then going into coding all by yourself, teaching yourself coding, that's pretty amazing. And then what you're doing with uh, women in tech is even more amazing. So what, what do you love about leading a global organization? Because your women in tech organization is really, truly global with a wide reach. So tell us more about it. Oh, gee, I love everything about it. Uh, first of all, I, I love the the sisterhood, the energy of sisterhood. Uh, although in women in tech, there's not only women, there are people of all genders. Um, mm -hmm. But I do love this feeling of, of um, helping each other, uh, of having this mission together, a dream together, um, and, and working and taking actions towards reaching this dream and, or this goal. So um, women in tech, for me, it's something very... Um, obviously, it's, it's powerful and it's intimate. It's my, it's my, it's my joy because we, we, I can see how we can really make change together. You know, um, it's something that I started almost four years ago, three and a half years ago, and I really had like no money. I, I knew no influential people. Um, you know, I, I had no special contacts. Um, but all I wanted to do was really I had this dream and I had this purpose, and that was to. To, to close this gender gap and to really empower in, uh, women um, with through education and with skills so they can harness technology and be able to embrace tech in a much more um, you know, passionate way and to be more present. And so because of the, of the community and the people that I met very quickly, um, it all came together and it was like a snowball and, and seeing how the people's uh, determination, support, love, positive energy um, for this movement has been um, accepts, uh, you know, has been really fantastic. And seeing that today, four years down the road, we have impacted 200,000 women directly, um, it just you know, <laughs> makes me want to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is, gives me goosebumps, to be honest with you. I am just so proud of the work that you're doing. Um, you know, our podcast, my podcast, and we, we really have very similar passions. Um, my podcast is really focused on bridging that employment, pay, and culture gap for women. What are you seeing in the industry today? Are we making um, any strides towards closing that gap, or are we going the wrong way? Um, hmm. <laughs> what a tricky question, because it can, you know, it can go both ways. Obviously, I want to be positive and say, yes, we are going the right direction because the mm -hmm. awareness that we are creating and the work on the ground that we are doing has shown results. So it is something positive. However, um, we didn't expect or no one expected the pandemic that we're going through. And I think mm -hmm. that because of that also, um, all the years in in, in women empowerment and women's rights, you know, lots of women around the world, we lost that. And we went mm -hmm. back, you know, a lot of years behind because of the situation, you know, the health situation of having to, to stay at home, of women having to take care of the children more than, more than men and taking, you know, also um, care of the home tasks. Um, it has been shown and has been proved that we really, really were the ones who who kind of lost the most, who had the most work at home and the ones who were first to, to be, um, to lose their jobs. And also the ones in the most um, uh, unprivileged areas that had less access to internet or to any mobile devices or, or to computers. So they were the ones really left behind. So I must say that there, 
thank goodness there are lots of beautiful um, success stories and and you know there's more and more women taking part in the movement the movement's really growing so I feel the more and more support on that but at the same time um, numbers show that you know because of different things um, it's not going as quick as we want to yeah I think we have a lot of work to do but you're absolutely right the pandemic really set us back because uh, just in the U.S., there were millions of women that left the workforce for whatever reason. You know, some were because they had to handle all the home tasks and school and all of that. Others were just, you know, industries that were laying off and, and they lost their jobs. So I think, you know, as much progress as we've made, we have to think about how far we went back during the pandemic. But I think it is positive. I, I agree with you that, you know, the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, every little piece helps get us closer to bridging that gap. And we all have to do our part. It's not just one person or one group can do this. You know, we all have to do more and more. Yeah, completely agree, Jennifer. Thank yeah. you for your podcast and for sharing and growing awareness on the subject as well. Um, we yeah, I'm very passionate about it. And I feel, you know, I feel honored to have you on, on the podcast as well. So what do you think is the best part of being a woman in technology in this field? Uh, what's the best part? Of, well, it is difficult, but the best part I would say is that now people are reaching out for, um, for diversity. And I think we have so many things to prove. Everything's out there. So I think if you're creative and if you're ambitious and if you really have like this, this fire inside us, um, things are, doors are opening and if they're not opening, we are going to open them anyway. So I think it's an exciting time to be part of the change, to be um, one of those trailblazers. And I think women, we are now, we have this with this energy um, because of, you know, like the Me Too movement and, and all these different um, women rights movements that are coming up, that are rising. So I think we have this, it's the right momentum to be here. Uh, and I think because of also all the different um, innovations of what the world's going through, to be able to be part of that and to be able to, you know, show what we are, what we can do, it's something very exciting. Yes, and, and we have so much talent, uh, women have so much talent that they don't put to full use because maybe it's a confidence issue, maybe they feel like they have to be 100% um, qualified, all of those things. So, you know, I think this is a great time to show what we can do because, you know, businesses that are run by women are very, very successful. And so we want to encourage more women to take that step forward and, and try it out, you know, because you'll be amazed how much you can like it. You know, it's, it's an amazing uh, industry. Yes, definitely. And you know, we have our manifesto that starts with saying that women are tech's most untapped talent. And it's so true. Oh, I right? love that. I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. That's great. So you've grown women in tech in a very short period. What are some of the challenges you've had to overcome that we can learn from? Gee, there were so many. <laughs> It's hard, like maybe from from the beginning, as I said, I had I had no money and then knew no one. So for people first to take you seriously, they think yes, mm -hmm. you know. So I said, okay, so ask for help first because I said 
you know, let's let me try and learn from people who have done it before. And I reached out to a couple of people, um, and and even women and men, they both said to me, you know, start small, um, start here in your local city where you are, and then you know, just grow slowly and see how it goes. And then, you know, don't see don't try and go big right away because that will never work. And uh -huh. I said, well, if I look at it that way, you know, we're going to be here in, in 2,000 years. We're still going to be here, but I won't be there anymore to do anything to be part of this change, right? It has to go much quicker. Um, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to start this global right away because it's a global problem, right? So we have to find global solutions and we have to get the global community um, in, you know, involved right away. So um, I would say the first was being taken seriously and not following you know, the rules like, as if they were suggested. Mm -hmm. um, getting finance, that was a huge problem as well. Although we are a non-profit, um, you know, the first event that we did was like the Global Awards in, in Lisbon so that we could get some awareness. And I thought that because we were going to be celebrating and rewarding um, the most wonderful women from their achievements from around the world, we're going to have lots of partners or sponsors or people that would like to support that. Um, mm -hmm. And in fact, there was no one. So I paid 30,000 euros by myself. Um, mm. And I tried to sell T-shirts in front of Web Summit. I remember, I think, oh God, at least maybe t selling T-shirts, people are going to come and help. And when Web Summit saw that, now they almost they almost called the police. The police came and said, oh. "Do you have any? <laughs> do you have the papers um, to be able to sign? You know, to, to are you allowed to to sell T-shirts?" I said, "Not mm -hmm. really." I said, "Well, yeah. show me your papers, please. <laughs> show me your passport." And then I said, no, no, don't worry. I'm going to be getting out. And I had my baby. It was like a 12, one-year-old baby. He was on my kangaroo in front of me. And I had like my team with me. And then I just picked up. I was like in tears. I picked up all the T-shirts and said, okay, let's just go home and, and just go. And when we were going home, I had rent, rented a car because of the T-shirts and the baby. I had too much stuff. And the car mm -hmm. was getting towed away. And I thought, oh, my God, when is it going to get easier, you know? <laughs> but, well, oh, my gosh. <laughs> But when they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that is so That's true. Right. But at the same time, today I, I, I laugh, but I've got like this bitter smile and say, oh, goodness, we went through all of this. But it was so much worth it because then that's when we meet the people that really are there for the, you know, for the values and for the mission, that they really support you. And I've made friends there are like sisters to me that have been there throughout, you know, ever since throughout and have really um, supported me and, and taken me, you know, lifted me up together with um, other women to, to take this um, movement um, everywhere. So I've been so, that was great as well. And there were so many yeah. different things, you know, trying to get also um, uh, a loan. I remember going and I said to them, oh, to my bank. And although I have been an entrepreneur for over 10 years, I've never had, you know, it's a, quite a successful small enterprise. Mm -hmm. And the, my banker said to me, yeah, sure, Yumi, we can do something, but um, you have to come back with your husband to see what he says because you're married. Yeah. So I said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm the entrepreneur. Yes, but you're married, so I have to make sure that your husband is okay. So I said, you know, forget about it. So yeah. still today, we still have this kind of, you know, attitude and have to go through all these different challenges. Oh, I think, oh, my God, you know, what world are we living in? Are we still there? Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. 
Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. So Wow, those the, those are great stories and shows your uh, resistance and grit that you know we all need in order to do something that's worthwhile. You know, I I started my business 30 years ago and went through similar challenges. You know, when you start, you need money, you need uh, people's support, you need clients, you need all of those things, and um, you know we all start small. But yeah, it's great great work that you've done and and I love <clears throat> and commend you for thinking globally from the beginning because that's not something that most people would do they would do start out small grow slowly like they told you to but you had that growth mindset and and that's that's how you got it to where it is today in less than 4 years so that's amazing great job great job thank you um, <clears throat> so we're both extremely passionate about gender equality in the tech industry. How can we scale our efforts so that we see change in this lifetime and make a difference, right? So I really want to see those numbers go up. So every day my focus is what can I do to make a difference? Uh, and I know you feel the same way. So, but the scaling is so important because we need to get thousands of women, not just, you know, um, not just 50 or 100 or 200, and you got to 200,000 women that you impacted. So what, what else can we do to scale our efforts so that we can see the change faster? Faster. So we have um, our mission today is to be able to directly empower 5 million women by the end of, this, of the decade, right? By 2030, wow. meeting five of the SDGs. Mm -hmm. And for that, I think we, we, are, we have four focus areas, which are education. I think education is so important for us to be able to get the pipeline um, of women in technology um, wider open. And then mm -hmm. um, obviously business enterprise, um, social inclusion, making sure that no one's left behind through so digital equity, and then obviously advocacy. I think what we need today is to really what we're going to be working on very soon, and I'm going to talk about it, is to be able to join forces because I feel that there are um, very lots of scattered initiatives around the world um, in mm -hmm. some in the, in the same place where they, we all have the same mission or vision, right? Some are more focusing on in just events, some are focused um, in education, some, but I think we all have to get together because we're not competition here. I think we're all working to, towards, you know, having this impact on this woman. And I think that if we learn to have, and to, to make like a, a UN of, of women in technology, you see, where we say, okay, what are the programs that we can work together? Okay, mm -hmm. so what are, you know, let's, we don't have to have a hundred, even if we can focus on maybe on two programs, maybe one for business, one for education, one for digital equity, and then, you know, one to create more awareness. I think we can all work together to really put forward, um, because women in tech today, so we have about 70,000 members, but if we get together with uh, women, girls who code and girls in tech or, or you know, women in AI or women in whatever business, very quickly, we put the top 15, you know, um, 
initiatives together, we represent right away one million women. You see, so the power of uh, of strike is so much fast, is so much more important in very easily. Just okay, what can we do together? I think we have to really try and and find a way to collaborate um, on on something impactful very very shortly, so we can you know so we can all work um, yeah on something combined. I love that, and I think that's how we are going to scale. And I'm in. So if you need a skilling partner, that's what we do: is work on skilling um, from certifications to uh, leadership to lots of different types of skilling to get education to women so that they can, you know, go and be more confident. So I'm in for one of those pillars. Hey, you. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> So first thing is for yes yes that is for us joining forces. But the second thing, which is not the, the the smallest one, is we need we need funding, right? We need support because although we can put all the energy in the world, which we are and we will, but we also need to fund the teachers. We need to fund the computers. We need to fund things. So for this, we need support from government, from corporates. We need the money. We can do the work, but we need the money behind it so to, we can follow up. Absolutely. And through our networks, we can, you know, grow our reach and, and get corporate sponsors and get people to who have the same passion as we do to, you know, initiate some of that. So I think we can we can get that funding as well. Um, do you have what percentage of your um, members are in the U.S.? Oh, I can't say the percentage right now like this because um, okay. I don't have the numbers. But we have uh, mostly for the moment on the East Coast, we have uh, US okay. members. Um, okay. One of our advisory boards is Dr. Crystal Johnson. So she is Deputy Director at, uh, of Technology and Investment at NASA um, in Goddard Space Center. And mm -hmm. our Chief Digital Officer, also Laurie she, Rodriguez, she's also based in Connecticut. So the, the reason I asked is um, I am running and launching a program right now for um, skilling for Azure fundamentals as well as AI fundamentals. And mm -hmm. this is a certification program that um, is right now funded for US underserved communities. And um, so I would love to connect with your US counterparts so that they can evangelize this program. It's no cost to the women and it's specifically for women. Um, and they can sign up. It starts at the end of September and it goes for a month. So it's very time respect, respectful so that women can take an hour, hour and a half out of each day and you know focus on skilling themselves and getting a certification. So if you're interested, uh, would love to connect with you separately and um, share. I love that. I'm, going, I'm sure that our US chapter, they're going to be very, very delighted. So I'm going to put you in contact with Laurie and Alex right away after our call. Thank you. Great. Sounds great. Because again, if we can help them and they can get certifications, and these are the basic certifications, once they get that, then they feel empowered because now they can talk the jargon, they can, you know, uh, they can understand the technology part of the, the business and the last programs we had, we had so much success because it really impacted their lives completely. So really excited to share that with you. Oh, great. Yeah. I think through education and through skilling, that's really how things are going to be changing. Mm. Yes, I agree.
All right, so let's talk about work-life balance, <laughs> um, which I know nothing about. <laughs> but can you share some best practices that maybe have worked for you? Because I think all women can, can learn from each other. Well, I think one of the good things about pandemic, um, let's try and see the positive in everything, right? Is to democratize, uh, we say democratize, I don't know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. My English sometimes uh, I try to put Portuguese or French words inside, but to make um, home, no homework and um, working from home, remote work more acceptable and, and something current. And I think this for women is something very, uh, it, it's, it's really good. Um, one of the reasons when I went into tech, you know, in 2008 for that was I wanted to be able to work from anywhere. So I think for, for your life and um, balance, it's, it's good. Obviously, if you want to, but I think to be able to to be able to to travel and to be able to take care of, you know, be more flexible with the hours because of your for your children, for the family, or even if you have other passions, if you want to do sport or if you want to do, you know, some arts or anything else. I think to be able to own your own time and be flexible about it, that's the best thing, you know, companies and and you can do to be able to be performant as well, because this way we can really and try and fit in all the passions and the things that you have to do, and whether it's home tasks and um, family or, you know, your own passions. So I think that's a good thing. And um, I think you have to, I don't know. I think all that we do, we really have to be passionate about. So um, like I work all the time, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bad example. I really work all the time. Yeah, but me I'm too. So passionate <laughs> about it, you know? For me, it's not work. So people will say, tell me, no, you mean, Come on, you know, you're working all the time, you have to rest. I said, you know, but for me, it's not work. When I see yeah. things advancing, you know, like talking to you, meeting new people, seeing more impact, you know, doing opening chapters, for me, just so much joy. It's, it's mm -hmm. on the contrary, it's like a present, you know, like your, your efforts are being recognized and your efforts have, you know, are, are bringing up their fruits. So um, maybe just finding passion and making sure that you also you don't leave your family behind I think that's the main thing you know if you can have an eye on the family because that's also the basics you know that's, that's the that's the meaning of everything as well for me yeah anyway. I think you have to be passionate about your work you have to love what you do mm. and one of the things I say is that you know there is a mixture and a blend between work and home you know you have to blend it otherwise It'll make you crazy, you yeah. know? So if you need to take your child to the doctor at 10 o'clock in the morning, then you need to do that. Other times you might have to work on the weekend, then you do that, you know? So you kind of balance yeah. it out and that gives you less stress. I think in the old days, we used to be like eight to five, you know, and you just did work and then you just did home. And today that doesn't work as well. Uh, yeah, completely agree. Yes, I think be less, you know, be more flexible and stop thinking, okay, I have to work from nine to five and then afterwards I have to take care of this and that. You know, it's okay if we do it differently. It's okay if we cut the hours. It's okay, you know, if you work a lot, then you can, you, you, we can work in the weekend, but then you take some other days off. As long as you, um, yeah, I think as soon as everyone's happy about it, I think it's, I think it's good and that your, your family accepts it also. Um, yeah. I think it's good. And, you know, you mentioned remote work, and I think that's very critical uh, to work-life balance as well. If you take it at its simplest form and you don't have to commute back and forth, 
uh, you've now gained maybe two hours in the day, you know, that you didn't have to drive and you didn't have to drive back or take the bus or whatever. So I think remote work really gives um, women a good, you know, balance. As long as you know how to structure your day, you know, you have to work when you have to work. You can't go do laundry when you have to work. (laughs) But other than that, I think, you know, it really is a good, I think people are feeling really good about remote work. Yes, definitely. And I think we're not children anymore, you know. I think, you know, people, they they know what they have to do. And so um, the old-fashioned way of of making sure that someone works just because they're behind the computer doesn't mean they're working, right? Just because they sit down on the desk. That's exactly what I say. You know, people who are going to work are going to work from home or the office. People who are not going to work, no matter where they are, they're not going to work. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you've traveled to so many wonderful places. What is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? Uh, that's a tricky question and I can't answer just one because... Yeah, okay, that's fine. So I'd say, well, Brazil, because that's where I was born and I, I feel that in Brazil you have so much this, this love for life that is contagious um, and I love mm-hmm. that. Africa, um, that's where I was born, so it's my second home, and I think there is something very special in Africa, the sense of Mother Earth, this, you know, I, I can't explain, and also because when I was in South Africa, I, I arrived there, it was during the apartheid, and I saw the liberation of the country, Mandela come out, I remember that, you know, and he was like one of my, he still is one of my role models. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and fighting for this democracy and the way he fought for, for democracy, but in such a non-violent and um, positive way. Um, mm-hmm. that. So, so for me, Africa, it's, you know, represents lots of things. Tahiti, maybe the most beautiful, beautiful place, like just for the coconut and the sea, I think it's Tahiti. Uh, Polynesian islands, I think it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And then obviously when I saw the desert for the first time, oh my God, I thought I was, okay, I can die now. You know, it was in the UAE, in Sharjah. I said, okay, I've seen the mountains, I've seen snow, I've seen this, and now I've seen the desert. Okay, life's good. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you you mentioned all the places that are on my bucket list. So once travel starts again internationally, I'm going. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, so in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in tech? Um, I would say reach out to a community, to other women that are already in technology to to find out more about it because there's so many different things that you can go into tech. Tech doesn't mean just coding. Tech can be so many different things from project management to UX design to to blockchain. So I think maybe um, join, come to Women in Tech. uh, So it's women-in-tech.com. Dot org, um, and there is a button saying get involved and once you're there you can join the community and we have lots of different um, network and you know meetups where we just talk about you know the possibilities that there are so that they can be so that they know what's out there and then once they find out what they want to do so we can help them out so they can find help to get them there so either in skilling as you said exactly um, or is it going to be, uh, I don't know, finding some other program? Or is it finding a mentor? Um, I think the best thing to do is to get into the community so that we can help and then they can ask all the questions out um, and, and get support. I think it's important. 
That's great. Yeah, that's great advice to just get get into the community where you can ask questions, where you can learn and see if that's the right fit for you. Exactly. Um, Naomi, this was amazing. I, it's such an honor to have you. Thank you for taking your time. Could you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yes, so I am, well, mostly on social media, I think. So either on, on LinkedIn, I'm pretty much present. Or, yeah, basically on LinkedIn. If you go to LinkedIn, you put my name, um, you find me, and I, I quite have answer quite frequently the questions or the messages. So please feel open to, um, to reach out there. Perfect. Well, thank you again. It was an honor to have you, and I look forward to having you as a guest in the future. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.